Welcome to Casual Quest Masters, a casual master quest podcast. In this podcast, we'll follow the adventures of a group of characters who simply want to find their way in the world, but a more sinister plot is evolving around them. How will they fare? What will they do? Let's find out today on Casual Master Quest. Get your dice ready because we are back to another session of Casual Quest Masters. Welcome to our own Faerun, everybody. Representing Neverwinter is Nikhil Chody Bell. Hi, I play Vol Nightwalker Val Nugoni, and today he's not quite amused as uh, everybody else. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Holy smokes. Brendan Thresher. Oh, I'm uh, Magdor Bandiron, and I'm all hands on deck. <laughs> I, I want to nod but I realized for the audio I have to laugh I need to accept it uh, just let it happen really, uh, just let go <clears throat> so arm detaches uh, yours truly Tyler Vinito as Roger the angry boy with his new military toy and last but certainly not least is our all powerful dungeon master Glenn Houston I'm happy to be here, Chet. <laughs> I just wanted to do a weird newscaster thing. Call me How are you guys doing today? How are we doing? How are we feeling? I, I'm doing pretty good. I uh, I got a nose plug on me right now. Yeah, Sorry, did you, you call us Chet? That for our audio listeners as well as those who are watching, uh, why you may or may not have something on your face, or do you just want to kind of let that explain itself? I mean, uh, people will try to hear what I try to sound like Roger uh, naturally. I try to get like a, a nasally Roger from American Dad feel. And also, whenever I stop talking or when I'm talking, I try to do the airy breathe effect. Like, hi, how's it going? But it, apparently I decided to do it with the nose instead. So it's like, hi, how's it go? You know, how's it go? At the end of every fucking word I said, and it was infuriating me, like, hearing this in podcasts, and, like, they don't need to hear that, and they probably won't notice until you point it out, but I said, screw it, I'm gonna plug my nasal passages, fuse them together with the power of a swimmer's tool, and, uh, we'll see what's gonna happen. Podcast magic. Podcast magic. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we need to do our, our, uh, weekly doohickey about like how who's gonna do the recap now then yeah, yeah who's gonna recap all, all the players uh let's roll a d20 and see who gets to do Shit. the recap <laughs> oh man oh um, no I, I mean, rolled a I 17 roll just, oh, whoops uh, that's the wrong, the wrong die <laughs> okay I'm sorry I pulled out my 200 sided die uh oh man this worked out. All right. Uh, Brandon, what did you roll? I got a 17. All right. And uh, I think I'm in the clear with the four. What did you get, Nick? Um, I rolled a one, which is a critical failure. Automatic. <laughs> yeah, you have um, to do it. So I automatically have to do the recap, which is fine because yeah. this this last session Start wasn't, with an inspiration point. wasn't too bad. Thank you. Thank you, DM. I appreciate I mean, that. Should, Let's see how he does it. Uh, no, and also, so, if you heard the last episode, I gave like, like, I put different music on the recap. So if you want to do it like in your announcer voice or your like dramatic voice, and then I'll just like bump it up and we'll make it kind of fun. And it'll I can try cool it. Every sure. Okay. Yeah, I believe in you. All right. All right. All right. Previously on Casual Quest Masters, the gang does nothing for the whole day. No. Um, 
So this is post post uh, post events after our first adventure together as a group. Um, we're all kind of like <laughs> exploring the, uh, the 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 items that we've gotten uh, from uh, completing the quest successfully and bringing back uh, a couple of prisoners. So Magdor got a, a very interesting. Uh, flask, a, a ceramic jar with different stoppers that does different things and pours out different liquids. Um. It was at this moment that the guy editing realized that Nick was talking about liquids and this could no longer be passed off as an epic culmination of their previous episode. So, from this moment on, the facade shall cease. This has been a public service announcement. Thank you. Uh, Roger got goggles of the <laughs> night, I think they're called. Uh, can't, but basically they give him dark vision when he puts them on. Um, you thought I was an escort now. After, uh, to, to recap, Vol got, uh, boots of, uh, Elvin movement? Elvin kind. Elvin kind. Okay. I, I, I have them noted down somewhere. I just couldn't remember what they're called. So he got those, which gives him, yeah, makes his, uh, footsteps silent and gives him, advantage on stealth checks uh and in the in the little pouches that the ravens delivered there was notes to meet uh, algira the the their original quest giver uh later on in the tavern uh so while they were all resting up vol however decided to interrogate the the prisoners that they'd gone back with them the from the band is the wu tarzan clan that had raided them or that had attacked mm-hmm. um and they gave him the story of how they worked for the city of Neverwinter doing work for Lord Never Ember uh, after the cataclysm. Um, and there was a clause in the contract when they were hired that they had to complete uh, the job within a certain amount of time. They failed to do that. Um, because if they had done so, they would have received a tax break. But because they'd failed to do that, they did receive the tax break and they felt that they were fairly uh, unfairly treated. And so they decided to resort to raiding caravans and and people for to survive to yeah to do that um a real defias brotherhood situation for the wild players yeah. yeah and um vol was like all right this shit's too uh too complicated way too above my head i'm gonna pass it on to somebody <laughs> who could actually deal with this and so at the meeting with algira uh after confronting her about this uh and from really like based on her reaction he gathered that she didn't really know too much about it or why they were attacking or the fact that it was even the merchants guild i believe that was uh or members of the merchants guild that was carrying out the attacks um and so he resorted to giving uh handing them over uh post uh meeting uh but during the meeting however uh algeria decided to offer us another job and a chance to meet uh the group's benefactor who happened to be lord never ember Ooh, shocker i know um uh and roger had some serious issues with this uh roger picking up the scent of something devious something uh, sinister something mob-like uh had a had a conversation with algeria where she revealed that the next job was a meeting with uh um group of drow was it right exiled drow <laughs> exiled drow um Ex- yep because he wasn't sure he f- he could trust uh, algira which was making him a little bit paranoid vol and magdor just saw it as another job so they were happy to comply uh, uh magdor is still kind of like going along 
on for the ride, hammered out of his mind because of his new jar of alchemy that allowed him to pour about four gallons of beer, I think it was, a day. Um, yes, uh, 50 liters, I believe you described it in metric terms. Uh, drunk, uh, drank himself into submission on day one of getting that, uh, getting uh, <laughs> the, the jar uh, of alchemy. Drunk himself sounds right. And then uh, Envol is realized he was punching far above his uh, weight limit and was like, alright, I'm handing off these prisoners, you have another job, how much does it pay? Sure, it's a simple escort mission, which was the mission where we had to escort Algira to uh, a meeting with the with the exiled Drow and then back safely. Um, does anybody remember the name of the exiled gra- the, the, the group? Uh, it had one too many apostrophes in it, so no. It did have a couple apostrophes. Yeah. Also, one of my favorite lines, for what it's worth, last time was, I think I drank too much. I can't understand what they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yep, when uh, they're speaking Elvis to, to each other and yeah, the dwarf's when, like, what yeah, the hell? That's when Vol confronts her and Elvish. He was like, yeah. I've had too much. <laughs> no, uh, the group's name was Brigand to Earth. Brigand to Earth, yes. That sounds familiar. Thank yep. you. And Thank only you, Roger is aware of the name. Yeah. Apparently. Yes, because um, Algira and Roger had a uh, private conversation uh, where Algira uh, attempted to uh, qualm some of uh, Roger's paranoia um, and it worked for the moment and so now the group have met up with Algira later at night oh. uh, post meeting wasn't wasn't Roger a little frustrated with you though Vol yeah for I don't know for what reason Vol is not really attuned to like emotions so he doesn't really understand why he was just doing his job but Roger was frustrated with Vol because Vol found out all this information about the merchants guild uh, the prior night um, and wasn't sure what to do with it and Vol decided to confront Algira and Roger was upset that Vol made the decision without consulting the group but Vol's like I saw. I say I, I don't have a reaction. I'm Tyler. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah, well done. Yeah, yeah well that, that, deserved inspiration yeah, point. And, and we're about Everybody. to uh, go off and uh, complete the mission. Oh, okay. Well, cool. Yeah. Thank so you. at this point, you have uh, kind of met, and I know that um, on the way to having met your friends, uh, Roger, there was something that you wanted to do, but we were trying to, you know, finish up, and you didn't have uh, time. But yeah, no, absolutely. We wanted to position ourselves. Happened. What was that thing? So up until we uh, meet Algira on the uh, the bridge uh, before we begin the escort, uh, cue the Pink Panther theme for all of three seconds because mm-hmm. we don't want a copyright claim. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I got the kazoo. No, no, not yet. Put the kazoo away, <laughs> boy. Uh, so. Uh, I'm going to say that, uh, like, everybody meets up on the bridge uh, on their own terms. Uh, maybe, like, you hear the song as he's, like, humming it. But uh, walking up behind you guys from the darkness. Uh, wow, I really, now I sound even more nasally. Uh, you guys see uh, a Goliath. Uh, a Goliath that uh, seems a little familiar, but is somewhat different. Uh it almost looks identical to Vol, except he is like uh genie from Aladdin blue. And so like uh you see with maybe a couple of extra belts across his chest, uh maybe a plain white t-shirt to uh give the nineteen eighties badass vibe and uh a large pair of patched pants. Uh 
you see mm. somebody walking up towards you guys. And uh, he does stop next to you guys and uh, slides down a pair of owl goggles. He does not say a word. Vol is not surprised. <laughs> what about you, Magdor? Uh, Magdor is question. Does Magdor even know I'm a changeling? Because I don't believe I've ever tried to tell you. And I mean, I guess that, that'd be past what you've told me on the previous job. I've seen you change, though. You've been different people. You did that on the, the transport mission. You did your you revealed your changeling form to everyone in combat. True. I guess Magdor is like, eh, I've seen fucking worse. I, I would have been like confused for a second, thinking it's Fool's brother or something, <laughs> until I saw the goggles. There it is. Uh, yes. Awesome. Uh, and Algebra kind of like, kind of gives like a curious head turn and then uh, raises her eyebrows in understanding and goes, so this is what you want to be known as? Because if you're going to do job scene with me, you have to look the same all the time. Uh, he, Roger looks uh, eyes forward. Like, uh, as, you, as you described the glasses, they are blue tinted and, mm -hmm. uh, and how, it is what's, a, what's your name in this form, friend? Blue. Blue? Blue. Are you saying boo? I am... Blue Nightwalker Val Nugoni. Uh. I am the survivor uh, of the Val Nugoni clan. Uh. Volt sna uh, smacks him. <laughs> I would smack you back. Just like, just like on the Not outside of his head. Like, a, is it like a what are you doing kind of thing? Or like, come on, yeah, thing. yeah. Because okay. he's making fun of Vold's tribe at this point, he so he is like, yeah, especially because he he's not a Goliath, so he does. He's it's like this, he can't say that, yeah, yeah, okay, blue. Um, all right, is everyone cool? Do you have any other questions before we head out? No, no, we're ready. What, what's our stipend at the uh. At the the broken tower there. I'll pay for two drinks, but there's a two silver cup minimum or two silver maximum on each drink. All right, that's all I need to know. That'll get you something nice, or you can get. Ah, we'll just say it's four silver. I'll spend. Here you go. And she just pulls four silver and hands it to you, and she says, "Spend it like you like. Get a bunch of, get a bunch of sewer swell and drink yourself crazy. But uh, you may not do well on the job." Uh, but you can have some more junky stuff if you want, or a little nicer stuff. Up to you. I'm not gonna babysit Mag you over there. Magdor, do not fall behind in helping out the clan. Vol, is I this smack him again, just on the outside of Zed. Vol, is this? I, 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 I return the smack. I feel like I've met Goliath before, and they've been tribal, but not quite so tribal. You know. This is what happens it's, when he's upset with me, Algira. He resorts to making fun of our ways and my people. Well, the eyes forward. Fair enough. Um, just Wait. so you know, um, Blue, uh, Ooh. Lord, our Lord, who we are working for currently, 
is not aware of your changeling status. So when you do get the chance to meet him, understand that whatever form you choose, you should keep it. So if this is the form you want to keep consistently around the Lord, then that'd be so. But I was allowing you to keep that part of yourself private. Argino, your trust in me and my trust in you goes infinitely to Lord Navaamburu. If you trust me in my chindling form, I will let him trust me such too. <laughs> and I, I smack Vol in the back of the head before he can do it. <laughs> it's funny because I'm watching the gears work in Nick's head. He's like, how, how, how would Vol handle this? Because I'm waiting for like to throw me off the bridge or something like that. Yeah, like I'm terrified right now. <laughs> like uh, you can imagine some conflict at this point. Like, uh, Blue, you're so keeping watch outside the bar. You're not going to step foot in that tavern. I will serve as the point, the person with the wisest and the biggest perception abilities will make the broadest watch. No, you're just annoying. I want you outside. I don't want you in there. We will serve to our greatest capabilities. All right, enough. Algira, we should probably get going. Wait, Absolutely. wait, wait, wait. Before before we go, uh... Yes, Vol, dwarf. Let, let me see your blade. I pull out my uh, primary sword that I use with my right hand and I present it to him. I'm gonna hold it up. So, where, where'd you get this? Um, honestly, I might have just pulled that off somebody I killed. It looks like shit. Let, let me let me help you out here. And I'm gonna do a uh, blessing of the forge. I'm just gonna take my iron Ooh. hand up the sword and just kind of slink it up, and uh, it's gonna be a plus one. Well, plus two now. Where are you were learning to play the fool, I studied the blade. <laughs> And it's magical as well now, yeah? Yes, yep, and it's magical. So this might, you know, hopefully we don't have to use it. I'd much rather drink, but just in case. I understand. Thank you. I wasn't That's having the best uh, best of time on our last outing. This might yeah, help me. I, I noticed. And Elgira says, so uh, no other questions? We can continue? No, I'm ready. All right, good. And she begins to walk in the direction you understand is the Fallen Tower. Now, just for reference, since you all know what this place is, I'm going to give you a little bit of a con little context for you and our audience of what this place is. Um, during the Cataclysm, this part, uh, this tower like fell um, and and something happened with magic that was cast near it that causes echoes of the past to replay each night at a certain time and then um and so basically what happened is there are images of people falling off the tower and parts of the tower falling off kind of like in spectral form and then um at a certain point when this a thing called the spell plague happened a lot of people died a lot of people lost their powers that sort of thing and Ooh, new images scary. were added to this thing um, so each night when people are drinking, they can see these events replayed in magic form, magic spectral form on the tower, on in and around that, the tower. That sounds horrifying. 
Well, oh, it's that's like a, dark. It's it's pretty yeah. dark, but it's like it's like a it's like a dark like version a of film. like a laser show. You know, like you go to <laughs> Disneyland and you see like a cool laser show or like a light show or like Phantas, uh whatever it is. Um, Fantasia, they have a live Fantasia show. Right, right. It's cool, lots of lights, you know, and this is the equivalent of that, but it's a little dark. It's something that reminds right. the people of Neverwinter for their history. Um, but also, when you're drunk and you want to be sad, you go there and watch people die, and you can, you know, it's it's cathartic for some yeah, people. I was, I was gonna say, it just sounds like um, self-torture, especially for somebody who could recognize one of these uh, phantoms as a loved one that might have died during the cataclysm. It just Ooh. sounds like torture for them to just yeah. go and stand by and watch, you know, because that's the only form of closure they get. Sorry, it's so no. early that all I can think of is dark, <laughs> like dark shit like that. No, I, I, I agree. And I was like, I was about to say, oh, well, it was like not that long ago, but like less than 100 years. But I forgot there are long lived races here that yeah. aren't just humans. So the non-human races, even the human races like might be able to see your grandparent or something, you know. Right, so, right. yeah. Yeah. Lad, so that's if I, um, according to Vola's Guide to the North and the Neverwinter campaign setting books written by Matt Cernet and Ed Greenwood, just to make sure we give proper credit where credit's due. So, Hell yeah. Nice on you. I was going to ask, uh, how are the streets as we walk towards this uh, place? They're like, Do they look like your average uh, city streets? Does it look a little bit more run down? Um, well, you would be meeting her on a bridge that goes from the um, Protector's Enclave, the edge of the Protector's it, Enclave, which is kind of like the nicer area of town, um, into the Tower District, because there's a large river that runs through the center of the town, and that's, you were on a bridge over the actual river. And so moving into the Tower District is a little seedier, um, and by a little seedier, I mean you're probably pretty likely to be robbed if you're just a single person that doesn't look like they can handle themselves. Um, moving into this place so there are adventurers there are bandits there are you know there's an orc tribe that has you know that um recently has like they they don't they don't own a part of the city but they definitely call the shots there and recently they've been cool with never ember um but that's not too far away from where the fallen tower is so like it's not exactly the nicest part of town, you know, it's but you're used to that living near the docks, uh, you know, most of the city outside of the protectors enclave at night is not exactly the safest place in the world. Um, so Algira, ooh. should we take defensive formation around you? Ooh. I mean, you're you're my escort, so do what you feel is necessary. You understand this town much better than I do, um, as I'm not from here and I've spent some time here, but most of my knowledge of this place is of its history, not necessarily experienced. Oh, you are right-handed and strong at counter-attacking. Would you take right flank? Sure. Magdor, I go to the back are... of the pack. <laughs> <laughs> like I like I was like I start building like strategy, but uh, the moment I tried to sound mature, Volk's <laughs> like, "No, nah, I'm the rebelling child." Uh, rebelling child, and uh, I was like, I kind of like look at him as like, yeah, because the this... child he's been raising uh, out of the kindness of his own heart is now turned into a racist. So. What you gonna do? Uh, he, he, he looks at you and says, Isada. And he takes the, the right hand side instead. 
Magdor? Oh. Uh, I'm, I'm not afraid to let pauses happen, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just walking on her left. Okay, perfect. So you got kind of this little triangular formation with her in the center-ish, but with you, you know, with uh, Vol on the back and Blue Vol on the right and Magdor on the left. Um, great. And you walk along. Um, what are your passive perceptions? Uh, shocker. Uh, I believe I'm still a 11. Yes, I am. 11, 13, 13, 14 and 14. Now, this is one of those things where the, the trip is not too long. It's probably about a 10 to 15 minute walk, depending on the pace you take. Um, if you want to take it at a 10 minute pace, um, we will I'll allow you to take your passives, but you can't make any active checks because you'd be moving too fast um, to make a successful check. If you want to take it at a 15 minute pace, slow it down a little bit and be a little more cautious, I'll allow you to roll for that instead. Um, which, what would you like to do? Just to keep your um, eye out for danger. I don't feel any danger. I, th- I, I think uh, we can go at a normal pace. Yeah, I was gonna say, I have a uh, perception of plus one. So like uh, in terms of like uh, getting it to better odds, my 11 as a passive is actually better. Oh, I mean, in so, character, would you actively look around for danger? Because if you uh, would, then that constitutes a check. But oh, if yeah. you want to uh, move right. faster, then you don't you don't get the opportunity to. I mean, Roger is easily oblivious, even though he's paranoid, unfortunately. So whether or not that leads to his character flaw, it's on you. Magdor just think, wants uh, to get to the tavern. Yeah, and I think Vol knowing like kind of being aware of this part of the city and also the fact that he's a goliath is not too concerned so it'd probably not be keeping too careful of an eye out okay awesome So probably a little faster awesome yeah you guys uh pick up the pace a bit kind of just keep your basic perception about you um and walk through you see a few people kind of like in and about the street um that some people pass going by to different taverns some of them have obviously been drinking a bit it's you know it's like 10 15 at this point um so people have had several hours of no sun to be actively involved at the bars post eating um and yeah eventually you get there nothing presents itself as a threat um several rats scurry by and eventually you get up to the the tower um at about 10 like i said 10 15 10 10 20 um and uh you arrive at the front door and she stops you guys about a, a, like a house, like a business because there's several bars and shops in the area. She stops you probably about 30 feet short of the door and she turns around and says, so there will only be two of you in the bar now? Yes. Okay. How will you if, signal him if trouble goes down? Because I will be inside the bar, inside a back room, and I am concerned for the fact that he may not be able to reach us if something goes wrong. If Vol believes I am best served outside here, I will do my part to make sure nothing troublesome will come. If I do, I can message through like six inches of wood. Okay. She nods no, he's gonna stay. He's gonna stand guard by the door on the inside. On the You're inside. You're right. Great. Oh. Good. Yeah, can't I figured let, there's a doorman. They'll take care of any ruffians out here. So that makes me feel I better. Can't, I can't let emotions uh, affect the job. 
That's why I. That's why I hired You've you guys. Grown wiser. Oh, I'm proud of you. I I had already started like strolling off. Didn't wait around for him to say anything. Sorry, Blue Ball. Sometimes I'm having a hard time hearing you. What did you say? I said, uh, I'm prouder. Or, I'm prouder. I'm proud that you have grown wiser. Or something to that effect. Okay. And, cool. like, he follows right behind Vol because he knows Vol won't have any time for his bullshit, but he he <sighs> makes sure his, uh, he hears every word. Okay, cool. Um, So, you walk into the bar? Question mark? Yes. All right. So you pass uh, two doormen that are both look like they're like one of them looks half orc. The other one looks like he's half something. But it, whatever he is half of is very furry, um, <laughs> like more than your average, like beardy guy. And you pass in, but they're both well over six feet tall. So you Vol and Blue Vol don't feel out of place. But Magder, they're they're real tall. But that's not I'm something you're not up, Adam. accustomed to, Keep you know, dwarf. And uh, so you come in and like I said, it is like your your quintessential stone tower. Um, so it's round in nature and it is quite large, though. And sh- so you walk in and you feel like the aesthetic that it's it's much like the other bar that you guys tend to frequent, except the ceilings are much higher because it's not built in the deck of a ship. It's built in what used to be a wizard's tower. So it, it has scaling walls and massive, massive amounts of space comparatively. Vaulted ceilings. <laughs> right, there is right. a stairwell in the back that rounds along the back end behind the bar going up to a second floor. And a bar is built in front of that. Now off to the right and left, it looks like there are like like separate rooms that have been built in to the tower where people can have, uh, you know, meetings or whatever. And she leads you through like a pretty crowded bar scene um, to the door on the right room where she turns to you and says, do what you will. I'll be in here. Um, And she hands, she reaches out to the first person who'll take something from her. I wait because the leader does not take anything. I guess I'm not taking anything either then. (laughs) Magda, that's your drinking money. I I already got my drinking money. I hold up the four silver that she handed me. Somebody take this from me. I have to go to the All right, fine. All right, well, that if if you depress it, if I depress it, it will light up. And you look down at it and it looks like kind of just like a like a bluish see-through kind of like a a glass marble a flattish glass yep. marble and she says a dim light will uh emit from it if i uh need you here understood inside the room um great otherwise we do not have permission to enter uh that is correct um, but this gentleman here will not allow you to enter even if you wanted to. And there is, um, looks like an elven man standing in front of the door. He's got a, a nice looking like saber rapier sort of off to his side. He looks like he's probably somebody who spent some time at sea as he has some more accoutrement of somebody who works and lives on a ship. Um, but he's got tanned skin and uh, what looks like uh, like a dark blue eye, like very similar to mine. Very, very dark blue, but maybe with like hints of even little bits of purple. It's kind of a very interesting eye color. Um, and say, she Blue up. doesn't look impressed, but Roger is terrified. Uh, he does his best not to show this, though. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> What's your passive performance? Or do you want to make a performance check to make sure he doesn't see that? 
Uh, passive performance, that would be 10 plus my performance, right? Mm-hmm. 16. Great. Yeah, you play it off really, really well. You don't show oh, yeah. any signs of that bothering you. Um, like, you just hear the, uh, the James from T-Brocket, like, uh, Terry, <laughs> uh, like, inside his head for, like, comical effects, but, like, he holds it. <laughs> All right. Um, so as she walks up to this man and kind of gives him a curt nod and hands him a small missive, which if you're not aware of what a missive is, I will not <laughs> help you. <laughs> but he hands it to him. He he opens it real quick uh, and looks at her and then opens the door for her behind him while he's still keeping his face out. She goes in um, into what you see as a, like, it looks like it's dark in there. Um, and then he closes the door behind him. And where do you post up? What do you do now that she is in the meeting? But before we uh, post up, I'm going to look at Fall. Be like, eh, must be nice not to hit your head on every hanging lamp in here, huh? Sometimes the struggle is, uh, I mean, for lack of a better word, a struggle. <laughs> I, I do not like hitting my head on doorways. Um, Blue over here doesn't have that problem a lot. And you, Dwarf, would consider yourself lucky sometimes if you were in my position. Oh, I'm plenty lucky down here. Yeah, how's the weather down there, huh? Do you like that? <laughs> you know, one of these days, giant, I'm going to climb you, and I'm going to... Oh, if I don't fucking know. I'm just going to walk that off would to actually the make for an. That would actually make... Uh, and Vol's saying this to himself, that would make for an awesome battle plan. If I could just throw that dwarf at somebody. So I'm going to walk up to the... Uh, sorry. Should meet at the table close to the door. Sure. You you guys you guys do your thing. Um, does the bar uh, have place to sit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a there's a table along along well along uh, bar top um, that mm-hmm. runs probably cutting across the circle shape. Like I said, with the uh, the back of it having that stairwell that goes up, you know, and the wall behind it holding several different you know types of liquor and alcohol and each of like you know how like in cool bars they have underlit shelving right, units right 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 it's the same oh, sort of yeah. thing but they it looks like they're using like uh magical lights like uh, not fairy right. fire um dancing lights and things like that you know static effects that they can you know toggle to uh illuminate their alcohol magically right. nice um so it's pretty well lit on the inside mm-hmm. correct yeah so right. Just so I remember again, when we walk in, there's two doormen, uh, the bar at the back wall, set of staircases that run alongside the back wall that go up to the next level, mm-hmm. and then a room on the left and the right. Yes. Correct? And she's in the right room, um, so Vol's probably going to post up on the bar counter that's closest to the left, Okay. Uh, but in a way that gives him a view directly in front of him is the right room. Okay. If you but want to post up on see, the like, very the end of the bar, the end of the bar doesn't hit the wall, so you'd be able to see most of the whole room. Like, yeah, aside basically. from what's cut off by that other room, but there's not much over there, aside from a few people at tables, so. Basically, yeah. Cool. Yeah, close up at the end of the bar, looking over, like, overlooking the whole room. I'm going to go find a, a winch and or a tender and uh, go up to him and say... <clears throat> All right, can I can I get a, a cheap dwarven ale for me? Uh, get me something weak and fruity for the boy, and uh, 
water for the giant. She says, who's the boy? Uh, the blue one. <laughs> you see uh, Roger pointing at Volt. He, like, he tries to be like one millimeter ta- taller than Vol, but he just he can't magically do it. But So he like gets on his tippy toes for a second. I'm no longer with you guys, though. I kind of pointed to sure. each of them as I was... Oh, okay, so you're pointing at them on and yeah. wherever they are. Yeah, so while he's ordering the drinks, what are you doing, um, Roger? I'm just not going to call you Blue Vol anymore. I'm just going to call you Roger. <laughs> no, that's fine. Uh, I say Blue Blue Vol. Just call me Blue. Uh, maybe I, it should be Blue Val. Blue, blue Val. I thought... Uh, Blue Val Vol- Nightwalker Volu Nugoni or some shit like that. <laughs> I think that I think that would add further to the insult at that point. Uh, Glenn's like, eh, Ixay and the uh, Ixay on the racism, yay. <laughs> Acism Ray, sorry. A professional pig Latin speaker. What is wrong with me? Come on. So what are you okay, doing, Glenn? Blue blue vol. Uh so where is uh Vol right now? You said he's by himself at a location. Yeah, so if I'm you, at, yeah, I'm yeah. at the end of the bar. When you entered, he's on the left side of the room, on the end of the bar, overlooking everything. So he's able to look at that right room that she is in currently and keep his eyes on basically like 95% of what's going on. Uh, I would probably try to find the, uh, the like, uh, maybe not the opposite corner, but the opposite side to help give like a countering view on any blind spots he could somehow miss. Okay. As, as yeah. well as get you know continue a good vision on him personally, okay. and I, I, I would probably try to uh, talk to him, even though I like I have a hunch I know what's gonna happen, but I message him anyways. Okay, yeah, because if you yeah I was gonna say if you, you'd have to message him if you because you're gonna oh, be yeah. about a hundred feet away from him or sorry fifty or sixty feet away from him. Um, yeah, so you're on the opposite side of the room, Magdor. You're ordering drinks. Are you just like? at an indiscriminate place at the bar or yeah just just in the in the middle area near the door i'd want to get there as soon as possible so i'm i'm pretty close to the door still oh wherever the, not bar, at the bar wherever the, the closest point to the, the bar is to the okay. door so you just go well the door is here if, and opposite side of the room okay. is the bar yeah, i just walked straight across pushed Great. people out of the way you know <laughs> just kind of got to the bar don't keep this guy from his ale awesome so you've ordered drinks for all three of you, though. Do you want to have yeah. the, the? Do you want to tell them who they're for, and they'll deliver them, sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. I pointed to each of them. I got full awesome. of water. He's got to cool. keep his wits about him. For what you ordered, it's going to cost you six copper. That's fine. I throw a silver down. Tell him to keep the change. Okay. Then you have one silver remaining to buy drinks and such. Um, and um, as you're sitting there, uh, let's see whose charisma score is the highest. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a, a seven. Yeah, I'm I've got sure. a nine. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I knew the answer. I just wanted to. What is your oh. charisma score there, Blue Vol? Uh, I believe it is sitting at 18 right now. Yes. Oh boy, you hella charismatic. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, at some point, nothing. A beautiful woman comes up to you, and she says, uh, "Hi." You're really blue, and I like that color. Uh, could you describe this beautiful woman? Um, she is uh, what looks like a gnomish woman. She's about a foot and a half tall, so she's like standing on the stool. 
Um, and she's got a sign that's, you know, six inches tall, so it's tall about a third stool. her height. And she's just like holding it with both hands and she sets it on the thing. And she's got like reddish hair with freckles, palish skin, porcelain, um, and green eyes. Awesome. She's uh, wearing like a lovely dress. It's, it's very modest, um, very pretty. Um, it looks like she cared about her appearance tonight. And she she probably came to meet a nice man. Aw. Uh, Glenn, would you describe the uh, the goggles of uh, night vision or goggles of the night? I don't remember what they're called specifically. But, goggles uh, of night. <laughs> when you described them, you said that the lenses of them was blue tinted. Were they reflective or can people see where I'm looking still? If they're close to you, they can see, but like at a distance, it's really hard to tell where your eyes are going. So it would be safe to say <laughs> she would notice, uh, although depending on her inebriated state, uh, whether or not she could see if I'm looking at her or not. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, like I got arms crossed, uh, eyes forward. Uh, I am like, <laughs> I'm supposed to be scanning, but I am eyeballing one person, one person only. And it is, uh, a hot daddy over there, uh, uh, keeping his distance, and is like uh, you see, is that oh, the hot baby. daddy? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Are you are you attracted to Vol? Is this is this changing from a father son relationship <laughs> to something much more <clears throat> th- different? Th- th- this is not a hentai gun. <laughs> we did say hot daddy. True. If any of us was fathers and you looked hot, I would call you a hot daddy. It doesn't mean I want to have sex with you. Wow, get your head out of there. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of, you know? So, if I... Let's hear from Chad whether or not that sounded sexual. Let's apply it in a different sense. If I see a, uh, let's say, uh, somebody I know that happens to be a mother and I call her, Hey, hot mama. Uh, would that mean I would also want to copulate with her? It has. I. I. It has I personally feel like it has. Yeah, it has implications. Essentially, okay. you're stating that she's a milf. Wow. Okay. Uh, cultural differences. I have no sure. idea. <laughs> so, how would you want to phrase that in a way that doesn't make us believe you want to have sex with her? <laughs> I, I am staring at the. <laughs> Does beef daddy actually mean anything different? <laughs> a beef daddy is somebody who's a giant hunk. Come on. Yeah. Why does anything that has a, you say, like... You say, like, my hunky friend. Like, that way I know that you think he's a beefy, strong dude that is also your friend. Is that what you mean? I, I'm staring at Kratos with an extra side of moody, and, uh... <laughs> I cast one eye down at her, and, uh... My eye, shocker, is also blue. Electric blue, uh, which makes it hard for her to see through the uh, goggles, unfortunately, just because, you know, color through color lens. And uh, I am going to try to gauge uh, her intentions because uh, somebody who's paranoid, somebody that approaches him is out for his death. And so, you know, he, he like he might be angry, but he's also paranoid. All right. Uh, roll an inside check. With disadvantage, because you're wearing sunglasses inside. That... Okay, okay. (laughs) It's a little harder to gauge, like, facial stuff when, you know, I mean, it's not perfectly lit in here. It's not daylight, so... Uh, I rolled a five. This this girl wants to take me out for a date or, uh, you know, is uh, lately interested in me. You rolled a five? 
I rolled the five, yeah. Oh, yeah. With disadvantage. No, I mean, it's, not, it's not hard to tell that she's very interested in you. And that interest goes right to your sunglasses. Uh, for, she goes, these are some really pretty sunglasses. Where did you get them? Me, from my older brother. And, uh, Who's I, your brother? I point at Moody Kratos and... Uh, Ooh, yeah. he's like a great version of you. Yes, he is actually twins? my twin brother, Yasu. <laughs> she stands on the bar and says... Hi, twin brother! And there's a, a gnomish girl who is obviously pretty intoxicated um, waving at you now, Vol and Magdor. It's not hard, as most people in the bar can now see that there is a, you know, screaming gnome on the bar. Uh, and people just, like, are, like, clapping. And ah, ha, ha. it seems like this bar is pretty raucousy and kind of chill. So, like, nobody is, like, angry or, like, concerned because people are just having fun. She's just being friendly, so. But everyone definitely sees that. And then she turns back to start. And if you weren't aware of before, she is absolutely flirting hard on Blue Vol. And she like leans on your shoulder on the table. And she says, how about I see those eyes? Can I see those eyes? Take your sunglasses <laughs> off. Come on, you're inside. I <sighs> look at the camera with the office level like deadpan stare. And the the goggles uh, slide off, and I, I I look down at her. She says, "Oh my God, your eyeballs—they're like the day sky." <sighs> and then while she's flirting with Blue Vol, uh, I am continuing to look around while I take this point. Like I, I <laughs> sorry, go. <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, like. I, I look at her, I give her her moment, and like I continue like my scanning saying, Thank you. You should see the cloudy gray that my brother has. He has a thing for gnomes. Oh, wow. I have Two green eyes. Brothers. He doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, at that point, I need uh, Magdor and Vol to tell me whether or not they want odds or evens. Uh, like individually or yeah. like together? You get to choose okay. odds or evens. I'll take odd. Okay. I'll take evens then. Great. Uh, so, <laughs> tall man at the edge, overlooking everything <laughs> like a falcon. Um, That's me, as right? You see the. No, 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 Magdor, you're just sitting there enjoying your pint. And you may be amusing at the fact that this one and a half foot tall person is flirting with your friend who made himself more than one and a half feet taller since you last saw him. <laughs> um, but yeah, Vol, um, somebody like walks out of like from like to the side of the bar behind you. Actually, it looks like that's where kind of the bathrooms are. Not the room, but there's another one to the side of that. And yep. someone stumbles out of it and, like, slams into you on accident. And uh, you turn around and you see a half-orc man, and he is just like, Hey, piss off, idiot! And he pushes you. Sorry, friend, I didn't mean to uh, bump into you. I'm not your friend, Goliath. All right, you're the one you know, editing. My friend. So. Do do I see uh, this? 
Am I close enough to see what's going on? Oh, yeah. I mean, well, here, what's your passive perception? Your passive perception is a 13. 13? Yeah. yeah. You're All aware. All right. Well, Magdor doesn't fact put up for this shit. Half or, so yeah, half work is uh, <laughs> pushing your friend around. He's going to walk up, and even with the size difference, he's just going to look up at him and push off and say, Hey, get off my friend here. What do you want, little man? You want, I want some you to- of this? Oh, is, are, are you still talking? <laughs> I told you to uh, yeah. And he does, yeah, and you can definitely tell this guy's got halitosis. It's stinky, stinky breath. Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> Dwarf, oh. enough. And he uh, goes, Mr. <laughs> what's your friend? Uh, sorry, what's your friend? What's your name? Your friend's gotta save you now. And he grabs a glass that's mostly gone um, and just pours it on your head. Ooh, full. Okay. And he says, um, "Wow, he's gonna oh, reach really you high look up." Like you needed a shower. <laughs> and look at the this boys. Shower. And you, nice he, one, he points over. He says, "Look at this, boys." Looking at a table uh, to the right side of the room that was near the edge of your vision, but it looks like it was full of people that are now guffawing at the fact that you've had beer poured on your head now. How many of them on the table? There's like three more over there, so four total probably <laughs> that are kind of in his crew. Before okay. before that happens, I look over at Vol and say, I kind of push the alchemy jug into his hand and say, if you want to return the favor. Oh no, we're on a job. And then I look to the half-orc and I <laughs> hold out a silver. And I'm like, wasn't sorry for bumping into you. Uh, take this and buy around for you and your friends. Sounds like a persuasion He's all check. Right. Okay, no. Tell him what's your name? Uh, the name is Nightwalker. Nightwalker! I'm gonna use your money to buy all of us around! <laughs> and he laughs and he throws the silver at the table, or at the, at the barkeep and says, The best one for this one! And he slaps you on the face and like pulls a towel out and hands it to you. It's not superbly clean, but he says, I always gotta give someone a hard time and see if they're ready for a tussle. <laughs> And he, uh, yeah, he takes the beers and heads off as he slaps your face a little bit playfully. Inspiration point right. for not taking the bait on the fight. It was so hard, I'm not I, even gonna lie. <laughs> I wanted to fight! Man, I know he you do. put up with that kind of shit. He's been in enough bar brawls. Oh, man. That was... Wow, okay. But yeah, you got a free drink out of your money, but also it seems maybe some local... Pals? I don't know if I want to call them friends. So, yeah. What else are the rest of you guys doing? Um, for the, you know, Magdor, now you're down with uh, Vol at the at that end of the bar. Um, so, uh, that could have been a lot of fun. And I take my alchemy <laughs> jug back. Could have been, but then we have a job to do. If it was yeah. any other night, I would have swung first. <laughs> yeah, yeah you're, you're right. And I'm just going to go find an empty stool and sit down and just kind of keep an eye out. And uh, Blue Vol, you have passed attention away from yourself at this point, correct? With this gnomish girl? Uh, as in, I'm like, she's in my view, but like 100% peripheral. So if you were to imagine like the camera pan, like you see him like looking forward, but you see like waving hands blurred in the edges. That is this uh, lady like waving at me. Uh-huh. Uh, unfortunately, I, I'm not equipped to like, uh, 
tone her out or anything, so I am still like fully listening to her. Right. But well, but and you, I, but you told her about your attractive twin brother across the bar, who just yes. very calmly, very coolly handled a drunk half orc and walked away with a free drink. And she says, "I'm gonna go say hi to him," and she just like walks across the bar knocking over like you know those bowls of peanuts uh, do you do anything uh, else now that she's out of your focus uh i do look at uh bull this time and i do uh no <laughs> no 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 i was uh, like that was what i imagined you'd be like be careful be uh, careful be careful <laughs> i just say it. i i message full and i say i am not happy with how you are handling things but I'll look out for you as I hope you looked out for me. There's uh, somebody coming your way. Be prepared. I don't respond to the message. That's no, fine. Never mind. I do. Oh, boy. We're on a job. Pay attention. Stop fucking around. As oh. you wish. Okay. All right. Not more than a few moments after finishing that response, you see, said, at least walking, but very, very, very involved with her alcohol, and you, Vol, she charges you and hugs your face, standing on the counter. Uh, like, because, you know, like, she's short, so it's like a child hugging you from the counter sort of thing. Right. And she says, your brother said the nicest things about you. Uh, Roger, no, like, mouths to himself to no one. He just kind of mutters with a smirk. Fair play. Um, so, I'm not too familiar with uh, gnomish people. Uh, as a Goliath, would her head fit in my hand? Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of grab the back of her head, pull her off, uh, and set her either on the counter or on a seat beside me. There's a there's an open chair that you can set her down yeah. in. And I just plop her down. Don't Whoa. say anything. I didn't tell you I'd like to be manhandled, but I do. <laughs> Little one. I'm a woman. What, what's Excuse your name? Excuse me. My name is V. V, did you see that did you see that dwarf over there? And I'll point to Magdor. <laughs> We're about the hot potato of the yeah, snow. Yeah, I like his beard. How do you how do you feel about metal arms? Uh I mean like armor? No, like like an arm made of metal. That feels like it'd be hard to move it. No muscles well, he, and stuff. He does it anyway, and he doesn't even use magic. Psst. Whatever. My uncle could make something like that, but he's a tinkering master. Uh, I stop responding at this point. The, uh, uh, does, Bull is the one that has this, uh, bag of alert or whatever you want to call it, correct? Uh, the marble, yeah. The, the marble, sorry. Oh, the, device oh, the thing that alerts, yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, it, does Vol have this somehow in like plain view so uh, he or anybody else could look at this? Right, well, it's one of those things I have to get used to doing. I should have said 
in my yeah. head, I thought that I was going to hold it in my left hand, like just. Um, so, for clarification, I've been holding on to it, but sure. maybe not okay. necessarily looking at it or checking it all the time, but it is in my left hand. Enough that it's in your sight, so if it does glow yeah. a little bit, you'll be able to see it. Sure. I would say that I would probably stop scanning. And uh, just to keep an eye on the situation, I'm going to give up and I'm going to start staring at that marble. Just to uh, make sure that somebody is paying attention to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is it well, is it glowing or is it still uh, looking inert? Okay. Nothing. Um, at that point, um, like when you kind of like take your eyes over, it's obvious when she says, my uncle is the master tinkerer and you just kind of like lose interest. She, since you're not pandering to her and she, you know, is looking for interest in conversation, she says, okay, I'm going to go now. And she hops off and then she walks to Magdor and squeezes his beard a little bit, beard, and goes, nice, 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 spongy. Your friends are nice. And she slaps your face and just walks to a different table and sits down with people that she obviously knows. Um, And thus exits our gnomish lady. Um, but the rest of the evening, like it probably like the next 20 to 30 minutes go by without consequence. Um, you, a few people try and talk to you. The, the barkeep will say for, you know, the sake of this where you buy like a drink more, um, whether or not you have water or something non-alcoholic is completely up to you, <clears throat> but goes by without consequence. And, um, the, after about 20 or 30 minutes, the marble in your hand bowl does, um, glow ever so slightly uh would i see this uh your passive are you are you just like looking straight at the marble for the next 20 or 30 minutes i mean i gave up scanning like i mean that's exactly what i said so i would have stick with that i was staring at this marble make an actual perception check because this isn't just like passively noticing this is me looking at his hand looking for a thing well uh i should have been passive about it because i rolled a 10. Oh, I mean, yeah, you, you notice it. You notice that his hand, once his hand begins glowing a little bit, you see that because it's a pretty stark difference from, you know, nothing coming from his hand. <laughs> uh, Magdor as well with your passive, since you weren't looking for it, you can tell like as you kind of like look around, you see that, you know, Vol does kind of look down at his hand a little bit and you see the light glowing as well. What do you guys want to do? I would start um, heading towards the elf. Yeah, I'm going to get up. Uh, if, in case Mag, Magro might have noticed, but in case he hasn't started like moving, you know, we'll pat on the back wherever he's at, and then uh, start heading towards uh, the elf. But I, I think um, Blue Vol is uh, closer to the elf than I am, mm-hmm. so I don't know if you want to let him engage first. Sure. Yeah, no, Blue Vol, no, no. you're the first to arrive okay. at the door. Excuse me, sir. I need to pass, sir. No, you don't. Uh, the way he says that, obviously, with such confidence, uh, insight to see if he knows there's something going on on the inside. Sure. Yeah, go for it. Or if he's just, you know, doing his, uh, his duty to, uh, keep, <laughs> you know, keep people out. I'm rolling an 18. Great. Yeah, no, it seems as though his confidence is based in just understanding he is not hiding anything. If something's going on inside, he has no idea. He's just doing his job. There are people in danger in there. And you're certain of this? 
purpose. Uh, I would uh, point at this marble of alert and I say up front, that marble is controlled by the person who serves Lord Neverember. And she warned us. And he puts his hand trouble. over your mouth and he says, that's enough. Let's go inside. And as he reaches for the door, he obviously just didn't want you like spouting names. <laughs> and he, as luckily it's a bar and no one was listening to you, that you know uh, of. That, it's fine. Uh, like Roger just starts, uh, spout, oh sorry, Blue starts spouting names. Yeah. So he, he goes to reach for the door and as he reaches for it, it opens up. And uh, from a lit inside room, you can see that there are several people around a table that are sitting around. It looks like they've been passing around like a jug of probably wine that they've been drinking. And um, it smells like fresh bread and food they've been eating in there. Um, and uh, Algira opens the door, surprised to see you all standing in front of it and says, okay, ready to go? Seems there has been a misunderstanding. Apologize, my friend. Oh, I think I sat on it. We're fine. Everything's good. Uh, I do like it, and it and it does. Yeah, and she says, "Yeah, no, the meeting went splendid. Let's uh, let's let's walk home." Uh, <laughs> look at this this freaking uh, what's the name of uh the scary books series by uh, R. L. Stein? Goosebumps. Goosebumps. It's like the end of every Goosebumps chapter where like everything seems dire for a second, but it turns out to be nothing. Uh. I do look, uh, like, I have been trying to keep the, the stony face look, but for this moment to realize, uh, you know, the followers I need to say that, I look at him apologetically. Um, yeah, and I mean, you do that, and he just kind of, like, gives you a nod as you all head out, and then he closes the door once she's out of the room. Can I'm gonna look at her and say, Hey, Algy. Remember, we talked about you were going to give me another cup of silver for a drink before we go. I gave you the all the silver you should have had um, that you should have oh, needed. Oh, that's that's right. <laughs> You're right. You're, You're right. You're a clever one. You're a clever one. I may have had a few glasses, but I'm not that far in that I would forget that I had given you money already. Right, and I'm going to... And she kind of gives you a playful pat. On the on the arm, not on the face. I just wanted to put it up in case you. <laughs> on the arm, say that, she pats you. It's a little. Uh, it's a little much familiar. for Magdor there. Uh, so I'm gonna kind of uh, <laughs> tug on Vol's arm and kind of get him down. Yes, Good. dwarf. Does it does it really seem like I? <laughs> she's a bit too graceful to accidentally push a button, don't you think? Oh wow, somebody is paranoid besides me. Hallelujah. <laughs> and then I'm just gonna leave it at that and then just kinda walk on. I say nothing to that. Um I look at uh, as we're exiting out or if we're already out, I look at Blue It up like you have those goggles. You take point. As you wish. Uh ooh. Uh he does uh take point and uh now, when you say point, do you mean stand in front of her or stand behind her to look forward? No, in front. Okay. Uh, 
Roger, uh, he was once paranoid, but once he gives somebody his trust, he believes that person no matter the situation. It is a character flaw, so wherever Brandon is heading with this, uh, Roger would be oblivious to it unless it was like said bluntly to him, and even then he might not believe the situation. So uh, he continues and uh, starts looking forward, and uh, I would say Roger would probably take his time this time looking around with his uh, night vision goggles. Cool. Um, she, as soon as you step outside and you pass the two guardsmen, um, who is, well, like, are, are you keeping the same sort of triangular formation um, with Roger on point and Magdor and Vol in the back? Yeah, because that would have been close enough to whisper to him. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, but we'll yeah, once come up you- a little closer to her, too. Awesome. Amazing. Yeah. So once you you exit, um, you can tell that, you know, like it's obviously not closing time. So not many people are leaving, but some people are kind of like coming in late. Other people are leaving because they maybe they have an early morning or something like that, because it's only about 11 o'clock, maybe 1115. Um, uh, May I and- s- uh, ask uh, Magdor a question? Through Magdor. Are, are you asking me across the way? Like, uh, yeah, yeah like uh, we're there in between you. Yeah, like, I, I'm just saying this out loud. Magdor, did you check your pockets, sir, when the orc bumped into you? The, the orc didn't bump into me. I pushed him. Oh, well, sorry. Was it Vol that he bumped into? Yeah. Then, uh, may I uh, correct what I said there, uh, except it was to Vol? Um, no, I didn't check my pockets. <clears throat> Ruffians are here. I would not be surprised if they put something unsavory in it, or the opposite. Paul says nothing to that. Okay. I mean, he can't see you, so uh, like he doesn't know what you do, but he Bull just does says, uh, "Okay." Well, I mean, you don't have to tell me that. I. <laughs> Uh, so I guess we uh, continue on our way then after yeah, he I just uh, wanted, makes I thought this. you guys stopped out front to sit, have this little exchange. I didn't think you yeah, said we that all- facing forward while you were talking and walking. Oh no, uh, like he's continuing forward while he says that. <laughs> well, okay. we we don't we do not take a smoke break and uh, <laughs> I, awesome. I guess like I turn I turned my head to look at Algier and says, "How did the meeting go, Lou?" I, it was very good, but we should hurry um, to, you know, make it make it back. I, I have much to report, um, so I would love as much time as possible to do so. And Understood. she keeps a pretty brisk pace walking back. Um, what are your passive she keep insights? Well, be good to be. <laughs> Fifteen. Uh, Thirteen. Awesome. Twelve. Uh, Fifteen. Notices that... Uh, She's keeping a quick pace, but it seems as though she's a bit nervous. I'm just going to kind of, with my metal arm, tap Vol. <laughs> smack him lightly. Oh, uh, down at the dwarf. Yeah, I'm going to say, I, I, I didn't notice this, so I would continue my pace. And just kind of give him a look like something, something seems off here. Like, I don't know. That's the look? That's the look. You don't say anything, though. I don't say anything. I just give him a look. Okay. 
So give him, obviously for our audio listeners, this is going to be a little tough, but give him the look you give him IRL and we'll describe oh, that look for our listeners because I want to see like what that a, looks like. Like a thinking so you kind of look. like a, a furrowed brow, look back and forth between Vol and her. Right, like this, this just contemplating. seems suspicious. Okay. Passive right. insight. I dig it. No, uh, I, I think Volk definitely gets your drift because you've already pulled him down and said, hey, doesn't she seem a little too graceful to accidentally do that? You know, and now it's obvious that you're worried about her and what is going on with this. Okay. Uh, Did you do anything? Volk accepts the look. Okay. Uh, I'm ready. All right. I'm going to say um, my, my wrists are tied, so. Awesome. So yeah, you guys continue, um, but at a pace that makes it a little tough to kind of like keep a great watch. So if you want to make a perception check, you can, but you have to do it with disadvantage. Now, obviously, I'm, since normally you're doing it with disadvantage anyway, um, it doesn't really though, change things. But for she, um, he tries to night, change the pace, but Roger's walking slow in front. What's going on? She's here? going to walk faster and try. He's going to walk past you. She's, yeah, gonna she's, faster, she's walking fast faster. regardless. Yeah, she's uh, either you keep up or you get left behind. Uh, I Unless would you probably... say something or try and style, like slow her. Yeah, she's going to try and keep the pace up. Okay, uh, I guess she walks past me and I go, you should stay in the back. We need to keep the pace up. I need to get back to report. I respect that, but we need to be careful. Ooh. Okay, and she slows down, but now it is obvious to all of you that she is uncomfortable with the fact that you slowed down. She says, okay, let's go at whatever pace you dictate. Okay, uh, like I'll, I'll walk a little bit faster just to, you know, the kind of compromise. I guess uh, being in the front, she wouldn't be able to see if uh, my mouth was moving, would she? No. Uh, I uh, I guess I'll make contact with. Uh, I've been trying to contact with Vol, but it's been getting met with insults. So I would contact Megdor, and uh, I would mouth, "Is there something amiss?" <laughs> with uh, I'm going to to attempt to whisper, because I've not been messaged I mean, before, so I, I don't. That, that, that's true. No, no, I, at the very beginning, I mouthed what the fuck you were doing in the very first episode, but you know how it turned out. To it. Okay, I was going to say, because with low Chris, okay, I don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> he just shouts, I think there's trouble afoot. I'd be like, it just seems, something seems off about her. And like, uh, Roger is somebody who is a shapeshifter. And uh, when he says off, like uh, Roger immediately thinks about like disguises and stuff like that. He doesn't think of like uh, the the mental capacity, and uh, he would uh, think about. It. He's like uh, cast message again and say, "Does she look different in some way when we last saw her?" No, it just I, I've got I've got a feeling. Here, here let me. Let me try something, and then I'm gonna say this out loud. Hold, hold on, Algy. I, I gotta take a piss, and so I'm gonna turn and pull my pants down, just start pissing Jim, in the street. R- r- 
middle of the at street. At least do it in the alleyway. Come on. And so I'm just going to take points 30. off to an alley. She says, yeah. quickly, come, I'll, come on. I'll waddle over to the alleyway and with my pants around my ankles. I couldn't do this in the bar. Algira. Yes. Are we about to be attacked? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Which is why I was trying to hurry. But now apparently we need to pee in alleyways and slow the pace. So I was trying to push the pace without saying anything. But if we're being followed and if we're going to be attacked, this is when they do it. All right. And I'm going to waddle back and just look at both. Did we figure out what's wrong with her? Oh, gee. We've got to keep moving. All what right. is None my of you name? Have good enough passive perceptions. You say, "What is my name?" And she yes. says, "Your name is Blue Vol. I don't know, Roger. What do you want me to call you?" Good and when she says me. that, you see the silhouette of somebody on the rooftop behind you, as you are all surprised by the presence of several enemies. Roll initiative. Ooh boy. <laughs> I love to argue, and I will not. I will humor. What the fuck? <laughs> well, the only reason it is it, you are surprised is because their stealth checks beat your passive perceptions. No, oh, that that makes sense. Unseen no, enemy. Not, yeah. Um. Do we want to do this in order? Sure. So, Brandon, I rolled a nine. Okay. Um. I rolled an eight. Okay. I rolled uh, a seven. And okay. uh, Algira rolled a six. Wait, what? Uh, I was I was making a joke to continue our uh, potential for a straight flush, but yeah, that, oh, that would have been yeah, like a small straight or something. <laughs> um, I was like, oh, you're rolling for her initiative now. Oh, ah, uh, no. All right, and so are you all aware of what the surprised mechanic entails? Uh, they get a free round on us. Essentially, yes. unless uh, we have the alert feature or otherwise have some ability to uh, negate that. Inspiration yes. point. Good work. Oh, thank you. I'll use Be it to honest, kill you. Did you two know that too? I knew it was a free round, yes. but I didn't know about the feet thing. Okay, knew, everyone yeah, gets an inspiration point. Yeah. Yay! Everyone gets an inspiration point. Thank you for my being apologies. informed. I sh I sh if, would you like me to be quiet in the future if I do that? But there might no, be a no, possibility. No. Okay. No, I just wanted say. to... I wanted to give everyone the chance to flex their D&D knowledge, and you all did. You all knew, so that's good. Ah, I, I, mean, was, I, I, could could I was like 60% short, that's it, so I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> Honestly, I yeah. didn't know if it was 5e, I just knew from 3.5. We're oh. fucked. Yeah, and technically it's not a free round. What it is, instead of a surprise round, you have the surprise condition, so the order, the initiative order happens the same. You just don't take any actions. Um, on your turn, and you can't take reactions until after your initiative count has gone by. Um, it was a big, big, big change from uh, 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 4E for me, because 4E was a full-fledged surprise round, so. Um, all right. All right, let's see all how... Right. Uh, uh, so, all of them technically go before you in the initiative order, and all four of you are surprised. So they're basically going to go twice before you get to do anything. Um, okay. So they are going to go. The first one, they're all men in uh, humanoids in like black clothing. 
with they effectively look to us like ninjas you know like stereotypical Fair. ninjas yeah they're wearing cloth stuff they've got um it looks like they have little hand crossbows and short swords um and uh let me see Do you say they were on yeah. rooftops uh, one of them was on a rooftop that is jumping down. Okay. That's the first one to go. Okay. And it's going to jump down, and I'm going to assign a random number for each one. Or of what I'm going to do is there is... It has I love two the mechanics. Attacks. has two attacks, um, and we are going to go one, two for Magdar, three, four for Vol, five, six for Roger, seven, eight for Elgira. Uh, who was four, five again? Uh, it's three, four, then five, six. Uh, okay, so between one for Vol and B, one for Blue Vol. Yep. Okay. All right. So these attacks are being made with short swords with advantage. What is your armor class, Vol? Fourteen with ad- advantage. Just bi- yeah, because you're surprised. Doesn't inherently could, grant what? I'm gonna say we can see them though. Or are they like appearing behind us when they do it? I mean, you saw the silhouette and then he attacked you, so. Okay. You didn't expect this in this exact moment. So next round, they're not going to have any amount of surprise or advantage okay. on their attacks. Oh, but uh, this first round, they will. Um, so it hits exactly, just barely getting through your defenses, dealing um, four piercing damage. Okay. And then the next attack coming in at Blue Vol. Oh, shit. Oh, is that 20? Yeah, that deals nine piercing damage. Oof. Um, As he stabs one and then stabs to the left. So stab left, stab right. And then two more figures appear from the opposite alleyway, not the P alleyway, the opposite alleyway behind you guys. And we're going to once again determine randomly where their attacks go. Got one going at Roger and one going at Elgira. So... Roger? Ooh, what's your AC? Uh, 13. I miss with advantage. Nice. <laughs> and for Algira, we're gonna, t- I have, <laughs> I love NPCs because I get to attack myself. Um, that's her armor class. Okay, she definitely gets hit. And she takes seven damage. Eesh. Oof. Um, and uh, she seems not too phased by it, surprisingly enough. Um, and now it is another one of their turn. And we're once again to determine randomly where they go. So one is going at Magdor and the other one is going at Vol. Magdor, armor class, please. 16. Gotti. Seven piercing damage. And Vol. You said you was 14? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I got a 13. <laughs> okay. So I missed with that one. Um, awesome. So now that is the end of this there. So you no longer have the surprised condition, but you are surrounded um, by your own, like a triangle around your triangle, basically. Um, and they're all going to go again. And since they um, are, yeah, they're surrounding you, but they are not, because there's four of you, they're not actually going to gain any sort of flanking. So there's no advantage on their set attack rolls. But How many from are now there on, total? I'm going to roll to determine where Great. their attacks go. Um, but it's both of them are going to go at one target from now on. Three. What's up? No, total number of enemies is three. Three. Yeah, okay. each of them can uh. double attack twice. Yeah, they're all attacking twice. Uh, so, oh, Magdor, wow. you're getting two attacks from the first guy to go. 
Um, one of them is a nine to hit. Nope. The other one is a crit. And you take six piercing damage. And the next one is going to go at Algira. One of them hits, dealing minimum damage. Um, and then the last one is going to attack. <laughs> Roger. Okay. And the first attack is a crit fail, which in my book ends your turn. So, yeah, that's the only negative effect of a crit fail. If you have multi-attack, I'm just going to say, because with crits, normally I have it create some sort, like you get to double damage dice, but with crit fails, it's just like you miss. And I'm not going to impose anything more than being knocked prone or it just narratively ending your turn. So he misses and like slips in a puddle. We'll say it was a puddle of pee. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, geez. And that's the uh, end of his turn. <laughs> I look down at him like wounded in the, the thigh from the, the first attack and like I see him swing at me and he slips into the puddle of piss and like you just see like the slow head lower because like <laughs> Roger's in like complete pain right now but trying to role play as the Goliath as best as he can he looks down with like complete determination yeah uh, anyways so, Algira um, whipping out something you didn't realize she had, um, moves her hands around and begins to conjure fire in her hands as she chucks it at one of them. Um, let me see. Oh, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to do this one. Awesome. Oh, oh, that's good. <laughs> um, so Power the one kill. that first, the one that just attacked her, the, who was the second one to go out of them, um, is going to have to make a wisdom save against an effect. And he fails real bad as he just goes and like, it's like he's got rigor mortis, but he's not dead. He's locked up, completely paralyzed where he stands. As like she he got whispered, You can hear like kind of like that arcane whispering that kind of like permeates past where it should as it goes around and it doesn't affect you, but he stares at her with wide eyes as he can no longer move. And that's the end of her turn. And now, Magdor. Alright, I'm gonna yell back at uh, Roger says I can't take another one I'll do, I'll do me if you do you and I'm gonna do uh, cure, cure wounds on myself I'm gonna okay. touch myself <laughs> alright go ahead and roll <laughs> for how many hit points you regain is that for both do I do both of those uh, both of that's what? if you do it at level 2 uh, yeah. for the one below that so you add them to, uh, together alright so sorry it, it shows what we, in roll 20, it shows what he would cast at level one, and then it shows the additional die if he cast it at a higher level. So, Got it. Uh, and I, I am allowed to wounds. cast it at a higher level at level two, right? As long as you have spell slots available okay. for that, yeah. yeah. So I'm going to do that and heal for nine. At level two? Yeah. Okay, cool. Heal for nine points. Nice. And that's your and action, the, but you still have bonus action movement if you'd like to. And then, uh, so there's two guys, two on one side and one behind, right? Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, two on two on the left, two on the right, if you were headed down a road. All right. Well, I'm going to, if I can, uh, walk towards Algira mm-hmm. and just kind of get next to her. Oh, you're standing right next to her. You oh, guys I am have a already? Okay. formation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nope. Then I'm just going to kind of stand back to her and keep a side of her protected there as best okay. I can. Awesome. Very cool. All right. Anything else, Magdor? Nope. That'll be it. All right. Vol, you're up. Um, who's closest to me? 
I mean, uh, which, which, whatever, whatever enemy is closest to me, I'm gonna attack. On the left, there is yeah. two, and both of them are closer than the one on the right that is that was attacking Oshira. Um, but the one on the right was the one that jumped from the rooftop. Mm-hmm. Um, and is Roger closer to the left or the right? I mean, he's in the middle, so he can hit either side pretty easily. Effectively, you can all hit any of the enemies if you okay. want. Um, I'm gonna draw both my swords and charge at the one on the right. Okay. And swing, uh, swing both of them. So okay. let's see. First one. So we're going and this after will be the, the one, one that's by himself. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And this is the one uh, that has the plus one uh, with the blessing of the forge. Okay. Uh, Would he have advantage with uh, the flanking at this point over uh, there? No, or nobody's getting it? flanking or anything like that. That's why they didn't get any advantage either. Just it's kind of a mob, <laughs> kind of a cluster right now. So everybody is kind of. Any advantage is negated by the presence of other allies and enemies. That's fair. I tried. Does a seven hit? A seven? Yeah. No. Okay. Fuck. Don't forget, you guys have inspiration that you can use on your attack rolls. But I'd have to say that I'm using it before I make the roll, right? Yeah. Unless that's a new mechanic to you and I will be forgiving. No, it's not. It's not it's new. Not. Uh, we talked about this. Yeah, we had a fight. whole fight over this one because I was uh, I was bitter, but <gasps> that's okay. Um, and then there's a second just, one because I have two weapon fighting. It's uh, gonna Bonus be action. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, just a twenty-three hit. Yeah, absolutely, it hits. Fuck yeah. Fuck five five piercing damage. Stab at him. Oh, and this is the one that was. Oh, here, just second. This is the one that was paralyzed. You have advantage because he's paralyzed. So go ahead and roll another dice as if you had advantage on the first one and roll another okay. die to give yourself advantage on this one. Does it appear well, that he's being held? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. She whispered a spell in it and he became <laughs> paralyzed. So okay. I, uh. do you want me to reroll uh, the attack roll for the first um, one? Or? If you want to take the first two rolls as one roll, then we can just have you roll another 2d20s as the second attack. Well, because of roll 20 and this is a nice thing, the advantage on my first roll would have been 22. Yeah, great. Like, you like, hit. It rolls automatically one. just in case. That's that's yeah. why I was like, cool. hey, he has advantage, right? <laughs> yeah. But, um, yep. And that one did, so the first one would have done eight piercing damage. Okay. And then the second one did five piercing. And that awesome. would be, but that would also be a plus one, so nine piercing damage because that was the uh, blessed blade. Okay. So a total of 14. Isn't it a plus two now? Because it was already a plus one. And he gave it a plus one Blessing more. of the forge. So 15 So it's damage. actually the damage plus two and to hit plus two. Well, uh... Why? Because it was uh, your family blade or whatever. Yeah, I gave you a family blade that was a uh, your main hand weapon that was a plus one at the begin in the first session. So your main like, hand should have always been a plus one to hit and damage. He said, sure, "Okay, I'll take it. just to say what's happening here." In the very first episode, he uh, basically gave you two plus one weapons, and then me the diamond. But when he said that to you, you started talking about how you're humble, you wouldn't care what sword you had, and you tried to dismiss it. But ratconning is a beautiful thing. Yeah, so he takes two more damage. Okay, so a total of 15 then. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah, you hit two hits, and as a result of you hitting him, you can tell that he's able to try and wiggle out of this spell every time he takes damage. Right. but he is unsuccessful in doing so twice. 
anything else you would like to do on your turn? Um, no, no, that's it. I'm still towering over this man, and hopefully that's enough of a signal to the to the rest of the group that um, I can I can finish him off. Awesome, Vol. It is your turn. Or sorry, Roger. It is your turn then. Blue Vol. Uh, Roger looks down at the guy that is you know either for real or maybe not actually prone from his uh, crit miss, but uh, no, you you did say he slipped into the, a puddle of piss, so I'm guessing he's prone. <gasps> Yeah, we'll say. Which, well, no, uh, he slipped. It ended his turn. He stood back up. He's still standing up. Ah, good because you know range attacks with disadvantage on people are. <laughs> but uh, he's gonna also, stare he's within at five feet of you, so that would also be disadvantage for range attacks. Okay, we're gonna put that rule back in. Cool. Uh, so I am gonna like continue to stare at him. Uh, I have no weapons at my side, and the team is going to hear the words "eyes up." guardian and i am going to cast bless uh on all three people besides myself including algira which means anytime they make an attack roll they will add a 1d4 to their attack roll to increase it and that is a concentration spell and that will be my action i am not going to move and i am not going to use my bonus action because i don't have anything that could uh because the whole can't use two slotted spells in one you know turn Awesome. Which means I have to survive. Yeah. <laughs> to keep it around. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, so that's going to be everything for you since you don't have bonus action. And you don't want to move. Okay. Uh, then we're back to the top unless there's anything else. Okay. The one who is paralyzed is going to use his turn to try and get out and maintains the fact that he cannot. Um, he is still paralyzed. The other two on the left side. Mr. P-Slip and the other guy are going to choose two new targets for their attacks. And both of them are going for Algira with all four attacks. Jesus. Um, and with her armor class, she is hit three times. One of them is a particularly rough hit. Um, so that is... Um, and all right, she is now taking 31 points of damage for anybody that's keeping track. Jesus. As she gets hit multiple times and um, she loses concentration on the spell she was maintaining uh, as a result of this massive amount of damage. And the guy, <sighs> and he looks real angry because he's also real hurt. Um, but that's the end of their turns uh, as they go sequentially. And now it's Algira's turn. As she attempts to uh, not be dead, um, and <laughs> she tries, <laughs> she casts um, another spell, but this time touching herself. As she, you see the blood flowing from different wounds on her now, and she touches her skin as she breathes a little heavier, and uh, her skin looks like it turns to stone um, as she attempts to protect herself from all of this incoming damage. Um, and what that's going to do mechanically, too, is she's going to have resistance now, magical bludgeoning, piercing and slashing damage until her concentration ends or for an hour. But that's the end of her turn. And now it's your turn, Magdor. Or, yeah, Magdor. Yeah. All right. I'm going to say <clears throat> stupid boy. And I'm going to turn towards uh, Roger and use my final uh, spell slot to heal him. 
uh, I would kind of like look at you and <laughs> I'll just shout, leave me, kill them. Would I have heard that before? Is that you resisting him touching you? Like you're like whopping uh, his like, hand away? I, I would try to, but not if it means that he burns or wastes a spell slot. Sure. Uh, uh, let's, because it's a touch, we'll have you make um, an unarmed spell attack, which is just going to be your spell attack bonus. Try and touch him. And you have to beat his armor class. So you're so resisting, trying not to make him burn his action. If he succeeds, he will get to cast the spell on you. If he doesn't, he will have his action to do something else. Okay. Okay. What am I rolling then? Sorry. Um, so whatever your to hit is with your spells, roll a spell attack. Uh, it would be in spells, uh, top right quarter spell attack bonus. So yeah. So any so, spell, just roll to hit with a spell. I don't have any spells. Uh, oh, here we go. Oh, no, uh, that's that not is right. A- <laughs> I'm just, could I just roll a d20 and then add my spell save? Uh, your, your spell attack bonus is going to be the spell modifier, which I'm not sure what it is for you. Wisdom, I think. You have, a, you have uh, a plus, you have a 20 wisdom? It says spell attack oh, bonus yeah. five. I have a there 17 wisdom. Great, yeah. So yeah, roll a d20 and add five. All right. Uh, he crits on healing me. Yep, he Shit. heals you. You try to smack his hand away, but he gets you and heals you. So go ahead and roll the healy damage. Sure. The the sparkling damage. <laughs> and I roll awesome. a five. I like, I I look pissed. Uh, just you know, and I just kind of mumble, "Thank you." Oh. <laughs> Anything else, Magdor? Uh, no, that'll be it. All right, bowl. What you got, buddy? How um, is the so the man in front of me is now free? Yes, he is no longer paralyzed from the massive amount of damage that she just took. Her concentration broke on the spell. How how's he looking? He's pretty hurt. Yeah, yeah. He's taken uh, that that those two hits you put in on him really really hurt him. Okay, um, I'm gonna try and finish him off with my main hand weapon. Okay, and uh, this I'm is no use... longer with advantage just because he's not paralyzed anymore. Well, I'm going to use an inspiration point. Yeah. Uh, I came out like candy for a reason. <laughs> just a 25 hit? Oh, absolutely. That's a... That's, that's a, a crit. crit. That's a nat 20. That's a lot yeah. of damage. That's a crit. So that's a 7 plus 4 plus 2. So, so 13. that's 6, 13. Yes. Uh, how do you kill this dude? Um... Would I be? Would Vol be aware of like everything going on behind him? Because his back's kind of like. Can he, and he's, uh, your back's to or, an alleyway. There's nothing behind you. Nothing. Okay, but I saw. So I could see like Algira and stuff, and like mm-hmm. them. Yeah, like, everybody's going in front of you at this point. If you rotated around to kind of get, you know, trying to trying to get flanking on this guy, you are now like in view of the whole thing. So you saw those two dudes stab her, and you saw the guy kind of loosen up as the spell ended, and then <laughs> took that final blow as okay. you you needed to end him. Um. I'm uh I'm gonna behead him. Okay. Just, just clean. No, it's piercing. So um, I'm gonna stab him right through the throat. Yep. Yeah. He can't even just, scream. No, I'm just stab him right through the throat. And for the moment, okay. And I need to know, like, this is where I'm. I'm gonna learn. This is my learning. Um, if I wanted to, so what's the distance like? If I wanted to use my bow. Um, you would have to. You can only interact with one object. Right. And that means sheathing or unsheathing a weapon. 
So the only way you'd be able to use your bow this turn is by dropping your swords and pulling out your bow. Right, uh, but I, I do know there's uh, advantage, disadvantage rules at using bow and close um, range, so range-wise, how am I looking? Since you are, I mean, because there's people between you and the enemies, you wouldn't yeah. have disadvantage, yeah. You would be um, able to shoot them just fine. They may get a little bit of cover from your allies, which would boost their AC a bit. Um, okay. But, and if you critically fail, there's a chance you could hit your friends. Right. Um, fuck, I want, because I want to use my spell, dude. Um, no, I'm going to, I'm going to stab him. Then I'm going to run at the first other, like, attacker that I see and attack with my second Do you want to do the left guy or the right guy, just for my left. reference? Left guy, got it. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Um, piss guy. Hit. No, piss guy's on the right. This say? guy's on the right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Because it's, I imagine it's the, you're headed downhill a little bit. So that's right. why the piss roll came out of the alleyway. <laughs> uh, you be the furthest one down. Does a 21 hit? Absolutely hits. And that does eight piercing damage. Nice. Um, And then, so as I imagine it now, there's, Algiers kind of like kneeling on the ground. We've got Magdor on the left and Roger on the right. Correct? Mm-hmm. And then I've come in and I've just stabbed this guy. And so now uh, I want to... Sorry, it's it's Magdor on your right. Or on your left, sorry. Magdor on your left. Uh, like and in, then, yeah, in relative to Algira. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. R- regardless, I wanted to position myself after I do that in front of Algira. Great. Uh, you cannot just... get between them and her, and her currently. Because they are in, they're engaged in melee combat with her, so there's no space for you to just like stand in between them. Okay. Uh can I flank? Could I position you, myself to you flank? You can, and now there are enough of you that you will provide adv- advantage for the next person to make its combat. Uh, okay. Like an attack roll with a melee weapon within five feet. All right. Yeah. Cool. And that's awesome. it. Great job. Now we're on to Roger. Awesome. Uh, let's see. Uh, this guy, apparently uh, the... Not the person that was originally held, uh, but the person that slipped. Uh, Where is he at? He's right next to you. He's the closest one to you. Okay. Because you were in Uh, front, downhill. He was one that slipped in the pee. (laughs) I'm going to say you start to see magic finally start to form in his hand beyond, uh, you know, the, uh, the glowing words of the bless. And uh, he did choose not to bless himself, so he's going to accept it. And uh, you start to hear, like, uh, the sound of distant thunder as it begins to form in his hand. And he's going to look at this guy in front of him uh, and say, Do not mess with the Kland. And he's going to attack with inspiration to negate the uh, disadvantage of being right next to him. Okay. Let's see if I hit. <laughs> With what attack? What type of With chromatic I know orb? Chromatic orb, awesome. Doesn't that force them to make a spell save? No. Oh, okay, cool. I was gonna say that's one way you can get around it though in the future. If a spell forces <laughs> them to make a spell save, you don't have disadvantage no matter how close they are. Uh so the problem is I rolled an eight, uh, which I know is gonna miss, and I am going to attempt well <laughs> with the power of uncanny luck. To uh, ask for the traveler to give me guidance, and like, 
I, I like he's dead in front of me, but somehow I shoot over his shoulder as I do this, and I say, "Traveler, give me strength." And uh, I am going to use uh, favored <laughs> by the gods, which allow me to roll a two d four and attack that or add that to my total. Oh, awesome! Even cool. even after I uh, you know after I know I miss, which I have a feeling this is not going to help. But you know what? Let's let the gods decide. You know, two d four helps. <laughs> you know, two d four is up to eight. That's a lot. <laughs> but then, you, um. Wouldn't, wouldn't you, uh, sorry, with roll 20, it shows two rolls. Wouldn't you be using the 12 because you rolled with advantage? Oh, no, he negated uh, his disadvantage. Oh, you I just was, negated the, okay, okay. Yeah, uh, like, trust me, I, I would have been nice. <laughs> Unfortunately, out of those four, I rolled a one and then a two, putting this eight to an 11. Does an 11 <laughs> hit? Um. So the flanking rules also don't give advantage on, in this case? No, because it's not a melee attack. Okay, I see. Yeah. Um, no, it's uh, they, they they have, mechanically speaking, one higher AC than that. No, that's respectable. So he uh. sees me say that, and like, I try to act cool because I'm intentionally trying to mess this guy up. But somehow, despite being within five feet, I just throw my arm, and this deafening blast of thunder energy just shoots right past his ear. And I am going to do my damn best to play it like I was meaning to intimidate him versus completely awesome. looking like an idiot because I've been standing stoic this entire time. Cool. So hopefully he will rethink before he attacks me. Yeah, maybe he'll maybe he'll have a harder time going after you with all that crackling thunder. Anything else? Nope. I'm uh, okay. going to use my concentration to hold uh, the blast on anybody that needs it. And uh, that will be the end of my turn. Awesome. I forgot to use bless, but that's fine. It worked out. Yeah, you no, you, you um, hit both the times. The <laughs> other two are going to go, uh, once again, randomly determining. One at Algira, one at Vol. Yep. All right, Vol. Armor class, Keep please. Keep on my chest. Hit me. <laughs> um, 14. Great. Uh, one hits you for okay. a total of four piercing damage. Yep. And here's for Algira. And once again, one hits, dealing three. Um, actually, oh, he told one us damage because between. it's halved. So, and she makes this concentration save. She's fine. Um, that's the end of their turns. And now we're on to Algira, who is going to. Um, she's going to take the the dodge stance. She's trying to make it harder for them to hit. She understands at this point that there she's out gunned at this range so she's just gonna take a stance that will allow them or all attacks against her will have disadvantage um, but that's her full action um, and now it is Magdor's turn alright time to beat these blushes okay. uh, so I'm gonna take out my war hammer mm -hmm. and I'm gonna sh shove it into my newly formed wristing hand yeah. it's got a wrist <laughs> on it yeah and uh I'm just gonna like do hand General Grievous is spinning it. <laughs> yeah, just spin it around, around, around. Uh, no, I'm gonna wave it above my hand and just bring it down onto the. Because if you're a good friend, Vol, you have advantage on this attack roll. All right, and that'll be on the guy on the left of me, or the left. The left. Well, we've determined the left, yeah. right? Because the right one's left near is Roger. Is gonna be the guy that has not been hit? Do you want to hit left guy or P guy? Can I hit P guy from where I'm at? Mm -hmm. Oh, I hit left guy. Uh, I. Yeah, but you're facing the other direction. So left guy for okay, you so is now, P guy. Okay. 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 <laughs> There's P I'll, guy I'll hit the and same other guy. guy. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So you want to yeah. hit P guy? Yeah. <laughs> I love that 
that's as a word denoting him. He's not guy with this physical characteristics. No, no he's a guy, guy that fell in pee. <laughs> and and what what's blessed do one more time, Tyler? Roger. Add say one d four to your attack or save. Do I have throw. to determine before or after? Just roll you it. You do it automatically. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, it doesn't matter. The does it is okay. it for damage or to hit? Uh, the hit. All right, so I rolled a twenty-one. Does that hit? All right, and I do yeah, five absolutely. damage to him. Awesome. I just kind of okay. bonk him on the head. Conk. He's like, ow. <laughs> and, right, uh, anything else, Magdor? <laughs> that'll that'll be it for me. Um, is it is is it a light weapon? It's a warhammer. Okay, so it's not okay. It's versatile, but not light. Great. Yeah. Anything else? That's it. That's everything. Uh, yeah, that'll be it for me for now. We need to get you healing weird. We need to get you healing weird real bad. <laughs> okay. Uh, now it is a vol's turn. As you've seen, one of these guys get bunked. Um, I'm gonna attack the guy who's not been touched at all with both my weapons. Okay. So starting with my main hand, does a 25 hit? And that's a crit. 25 and crit both hit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, Two crits and one no. combat. Jeez. Uh, it's a 5 plus 6 plus 2, so that's a 13. 13 for the first hit? Yeah. First, yeah. And then uh, the first one was a crit. Sorry, I didn't yeah. make that clear. Uh, and then the second one coming in I is hope a 24. That a yeah, that hits. Um, 19 out of 20. Wow. And that's a 4. 4 damage? Okay. Yeah. All right, they both look pretty dang hurt after this barrage of attacks and bunks. Anything else? Um, no, I hope they're looking right into my my cold green eyes as as I just cut into them. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah they're they're looking right at you. The weird thing is you don't see fear; you just see kind of like there's a it's an odd calm okay. about their demeanors. Like most people, when they're this hurt, even the guy that got his head taken off. If anything, was a little angry, but never scared. Okay. Right. Uh, but now it is Roger's turn. Okay. So the person that they've been attacking, was it the person that I was trying to hit initially? Uh, yeah, you, you were trying to hit, uh, well, Vol just hit unhurt guy. P guy and Vol and other guy are both hurt equally now. Okay. Uh, is there somebody that I could hit that would give me disadvantage right yeah. now? Other guy, the one that Vol just hit is further away from you than P guy. P guy is right in front of you. Uh, would you impose disadvantage on me for having him near me when I attack him? Nope. Okay. Uh, after like like I had my arm out, clearly missed, and I am going to like raise my arm in the air and aim it over to my side towards the other guy. And I am going to cast Chromatic Orb one last time. Uh, or for now, anyways. Uh, again, thunder damage. Yeah. I <laughs> and I rolled another eight. That is what? two twos in each turn. Yeah, no, it's okay. We always get these sessions where uh, you, you win some, you lose some. Yeah. It's like I, I'm just firing blanks out of my gun right now. <laughs> it's like warning oh, shots. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it's the little static electricity. And that's uh, your action, correct? That is my action. I'm going to use my bonus action just in case to use my sorcery points, uh, the charge up to give me a single spell slot. So I am still going to have one level one spell left and that'll be my turn. Awesome. 
Okay, um, so at that is the end of the round again, and we're back to the top with uh, this is other guy, not P guy, who's going now. He looks at the situation really quickly, and you see him disengage ever is he moving so away? quickly. Yeah, disengage the, means you can't make attacks of opportunity unless you have the alert feet or the okay. sentinel feet. Uh, the sentinel yeah. feet allows you to make attacks of opportunity even if someone disengages. Um, but yeah, so he disengages and then he he throws two like interest. Uh, you can't really see what they are, but they look like darts flying in the dark. And one hits the body on the ground and one hits the other guy, the pea guy. Wow, and he uses uh, standard action and a second both, standard action. They both like decay in front of you and mummify and turn to like, like just like decayed corpses in front of you. And he hops over a roof and just disappears. Unless you'd like to give chase in the direction that he left, you are out of combat. Uh, he can uh, run 30 feet, right? With the disengage? Yeah. I mean, it's so, like not a super wide road. You were in an alleyway, so he threw the things, disengaged, and hopped up on top of a roof. I thought we were walking down a main road. I mean, it's... Yeah, I mean, the main road's 20 feet wide, and he was on the edge, so... Took him uh, 10 I feet mean, to get into the alleyway, and he hopped up on the roof with boxes and stuff. Dexterous. Okay. Uh, you're telling me that with 30 feet, he managed to run away, climb out, and get out of sight then? Uh, yeah, like I said, you know the direction he is, and you could feasibly give chase, uh, but you don't know if there's any other enemies around. So, if unless you want to give chase, you're out of combat. Uh, no, I've been rolling bad anyways. <laughs> well, I'm glad he didn't use those knives on us. She shakes her her you uh, okay? body and like the skin, the stone skin, like flakes off, and she says, "I'll be fine. We should make haste." See, you, th you thought we were we weren't prepared, but did you see him slip on my piss? If you planned that, then you're more of a mastermind than I could ever could imagine. Master Dwarf, let's go. She starts to walk towards the bridge. Yeah, no, I, I, I follow along. Cool. So um, it's drawn just, still. Yeah, you guys keeping alert, eyes open. You see a few people walking in the street. Um, leaving the bodies of those guys back there because now they're just like weird decayed corpses. Um, and you eventually find yourself back at the bridge where there are two guards uh, that have that are there at the edge of the protector's enclave. And she says, this is where I leave you. Um, take this. And she hands you each and she hands you a single note and says, I take it. Follow the instructions. I will see you at the denoted time good work and she leaves with the guards okay well, that's enough for me for one day I say joke laughingly um, I'm gonna read the note really quick oh, just so we know what we're expecting that's right leave yeah. on a good note uh, leave on a good note yeah um, it says it says uh, meet here at the protectors enclave in the morning at sunrise and uh, you will receive your reward as well as meet our benefactor. Early morning again. All right. Well, I guess I, I better head to bed now. Is that is that okay with you, Master Vole? Been a rough night. Everybody should rest up. All right. And Magdor's going to waddle off to his blacksmith house. Yeah, and Vole's going to go back to his uh, place. 
and Roger will stay there for a little bit to contemplate how things could have gone better. Okay, so as uh, several of you go back to your own places and uh, uh, Roger stays on, remains on the bridge, you know, kind of silhouetted in the moonlight, um, you all, as you go your separate ways and for this moment, kind of contemplate exactly what that meeting could have been, you know, who these people were that attacked you and why they may have done so. Um, but you do know that you get a little bit of a ray of sunshine in the morning getting to meet the person who has been uh, granting you all these. Maybe you can get some answers, but... We'll find out next time on Casual Quest Masters. Yes. Yeah. You, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at two times Tyler. Um, you could find me on Twitter at LR the 11th, all spelled out LR the 11th. I'm on Twitter at Glenn Houston. It looks like Huston. And I am on Twitter at Zigzagood. And as always, Tyler, send us out. We are a part of Casual Master Quest, a podcast network dedicated to giving you the video game news and tropes you deserve. You can find them. You can find the show everywhere you can Google and on Twitter at MasterQuestPod. Glenn is a part of a sister D&D show called Ready to Roll, where you can find more of his and other talented players as they continue their quest in the Forgotten Archipelago. That was Nick. That was Brandon. That was Glenn. And this is Tyler. We will see you next week with another session of Casual Quest Masters. And don't forget to never stop the quest. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 <laughs> Thanks for joining us for today's episode of Casual Quest Masters. Thank you so much to you, our listeners, for being here and to Sirenscape for allowing us to utilize their amazing programs for sounds and music. Check them out at sirenscape.com. We hope to see you here next time for the next episode of Casual Quest Masters. <laughs>